spoiler alert. Oh, this is the only fucking podcast about the Sopranos. So what, no fucking ZD now? What goes up must come down. This week on No Fucking ZD, we're talking Philly cheesesteaks, the sacred, and the propane. Cell phones off, and uh, hope you like the podcast. It's an all new episode of No Fucking ZD. Ride a painted pony, let the spinning wheel spin. You got no money, you got no home. Wow. Right. Wow. Back after another seven days. The weeks feel longer for some reason yeah. in between these episodes. Oh, I don't know man. what it is. Boy, we're, we're just we're just lying through our teeth these days. <laughs> oh, Listen, we don't own a studio. We're not like, we don't have some network backing us, you know? It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. We're at the, at the whims of some other people, unfortunately. Yeah. Ain't uh, it the truth? Yeah. Uh, but welcome. This is episode eighty, yeah. which is crazy to me. It's just important, crazy. though. It is important. Yeah, I don't really mind. I think we're on, are we on year five or do we come out in two thousand fifteen? I forget now, but it's been a long time. Holy shit, bro! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> if I, if you told me that this was gonna take five years, yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I would have been like, "What are you talking about? Well, no, we'll be done. We in... can hold a schedule." Yeah. <laughs> But here we are. To be fair, it's a lot of episodes. It is a lot of episodes. Yeah, and they're they're daunting and um and hours long sometimes. So yeah, some of them are like two three hours long. Yeah, the Sopranos <laughs> episodes. That is yeah weird that they didn't stick to a, a normal runtime. Yeah, I, I I don't know why. Yeah, but, uh, we had an interesting couple of weeks actually. So last weekend we were out on a project, research project. Mm-hmm. That was two weekends ago. Fuck. Yes. So. I guess that's not an excuse for not recording, but we had to digest. Yeah, was, we had to marinate. It was seven days ago. Everything was seven days ago on, in NFC time. Seven days. Uh, yeah, we went to so uh, Matt Seitz and mm-hmm. Alan Seppenwall had a Sopranos Film Fest for the 20th anniversary. Right. And we got a chance to go see Pine Barrens, introduced by uh, Steve Buscemi, Steve Buscemi, excuse me, and uh, Terrence Winter. Yep. Which was really cool mm-hmm. and uh, really hysterical to watch it with a crowd of people it was the like the most i've ever laughed at that episode it was really funny and it was an interesting thing because it was an interesting concept because basically they were talking about the slapstick aspect of the sopranos and especially the pine barons episode which i mean so they aired a a three stooges episode about camping or hunting or whatever yeah beforehand and it was uncanny how much it like really it, it just really, really lined up in a lot of ways. It did, yeah. Like, I mean, the missing Russian at the end of the Three Stooges bit was like, <laughs> <laughs> like really the cherry for me. That was something, yeah. Yeah, but like, I mean, it. But it essentially just comes down to like people driving Tony nuts and him being like, "My noise," you know. Yeah, like it, it really and truly was. It was yeah. crazy how similar it was. And I think even Terrence Winter said that at the end yeah. that I don't know if he had seen the Three Stooges thing before, but he was just like, Mike, uh, there's, he couldn't believe how many similarities there were. There really were a lot. It yeah. was fucking wild. And yeah. like the Three Stooges thing had a bear that like, came, that like they thought was dead and then came back to life yep. and stole their car, Yeah, <laughs> which is like a popular theory that the Russian stole the car, right, you know, true. stole Polly's car. True, true, true. I love that car. <laughs> um, but it, it was it was wild watching it in a room with a bunch of people. It was, yeah. And um, some, like Tim Van Patten, the director, was there yep. uh, in the audience in the reserve seating section. Um, yeah, so was Steve. Good old Steve. Steve was there, too. Um, and uh, yeah, it was great. Terrence Winter had quite a bit to say. He was like, we got all kinds of cool insights yeah, totally. um, on the podcast and also on The Sopranos as well. <laughs> well, he told a lot of great stories. Like, yeah. How, you know, the, the the Gloria Trillo throwing the London broil at him yes. was actually the, the uh, it, it was basically taken from a fight that he had with a woman yes. in the 80s or something. Yeah. And uh, I think the, I think he was saying they had a fight and his line was, are you going to cook or what? Yep. Which, <laughs> I think it was, are you going to fucking cook or like make me my fucking dinner or something Are you like going to fucking cook or yeah. not? Yeah. Yeah. That's, something that was like what that. It was. And so she threw the piece of steak at him. And then the capper was that he came back or like months later they were eating uh, a steak and he was like, wow, this is really good. Like, where'd you get it? And she was like, oh, that's the steak that I threw at you that night. I picked it up, cleaned it off and froze it (laughs) and then just reheated it months later. Wow. Um, But yeah, it was really cool. I mean, I wouldn't say for obviously like our listeners are super fans. Like Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say there was anything necessarily, you know, new that came out of it. 
the, yeah. in the Q and A or the, uh, the the part at the end. But, I feel like everybody looking for that is like kind of it's just like wasted energy. Yeah, including with yeah. the ending. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. They they didn't explain to us what happened to the Russian, um, but they talked a little bit about how the idea came up. The Tim Van Patten thought of the idea and basically was he was too nervous to pitch it to David Chase, and mm-hmm. so Terrence Winter did it for him. They immediately liked it, and I think they, I think they said they wanted to use it earlier, but couldn't find a spot for it. Uh, yeah, I guess so. And then somehow they were just... trying to choose like, oh wait, I'm getting now I'm getting turned around. They were saying that like when they introduce new people, they or yeah, they tried to like pick someone from the universe that like already existed, mm-hmm. and yep. Valerie had been like sw- mopping up or something like that. So they were like, how about that guy or yeah. something like that. I think in that case it was like. They thought of the idea and then we're like, we have to introduce him. So they just made him, they just had Valerie mopping in the background at um, the other Russians place. Yeah. And then they were talking about the Matouche and Adriana thing in season five and how mm-hmm. when they were thinking, of, when they were breaking that story, they were kind of like, well, how can we, what characters do we already have that we can use to make this all happen? Matouche. Yeah. Re- very important. Yeah. I we mean, we, we made that point. Yeah. He's low key. A, um, you know, a highly valuable VIP. <laughs> VIP. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Evan is stripping down right now. He's now twerking in front of me uh, in just a Lakers one piece. I got to get lubed up if we're going to do the podcast. (laughs) Um, But yeah, really cool. It was really, really funny. Um, So if you you have the chance, I guess, to go see Pine Barrens especially, but any episode in a theater, it made it like just uh, yeah just much funnier it was a lot was, funnier yeah it's... also right when our wives went to the bathroom we were spotted yeah <laughs> <laughs> and someone someone uh, a listener of of the pod a friend of the pod yeah came up to uh express his uh his enthusiasm for our work yeah i think his name was cameron i'm so sorry it's been seven days so i really can't remember <laughs> Um, but I'm pretty sure it was Cameron. Um, and then our wives didn't believe us. Yeah. Let's say, why couldn't you have done that in front of the girls? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Finally, uh, we'll impress them. Yeah. But that was, that was, uh, that was a funny experience. And I'm so sorry if I was really awkward because I had no idea how to react to that. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> at all. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And we had just sat in a theater for like two hours. So yeah. like getting used to the light again and everything. Yeah. But it was, uh, yeah, a really cool, cool experience. Um, there's a whole weekend of stuff, but that was the only one we could go to. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, who knew? 20 years. Sopranos. Well, people are still paying attention, that's for sure. Yeah. A lot of people jumping on this bandwagon. I know, that's the thing. Listen, yeah, we've been talking about it, you know, for at least four or five years, we I got, guess. We got stopped on the way into the studio by a fan today asking us what, what we think about this movie thing. That's you true. Know, the the uh, legend yeah. of Dickie Moltisanti. Yeah, so the big news is uh, uh, young James, or young Tony is going to be played by James Gandolfini's real-life son. I don't think he's ever acted before, so I wouldn't be surprised if there was a pretty small part, but mm-hmm. I don't know. They haven't sent us a script yet. Yeah. <laughs> which I assume they will at some point. I mean, at least have us proofread it yeah. for punctuation and stuff. Right. I mean, we'll, yeah, yeah, we'll help out in that, <laughs> in that department. That's the most important thing. Um, and then Vera Farmiga, or Farmiga, I'm not, I've actually never heard her name out loud now that I'm thinking about it. She is, has also been cast, and the internet, uh, rumors that maybe she's gonna play young Livia but mm. we don't know that for sure and now I'm just like part of the uh, the hot take generation just spitting shit out there without knowing anything so, here we go yeah but, what, about, what about young Mary uh, what's her name Carmela's mother <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I don't get that. Mary DeAngelis. Mary DeAngelis. Yeah, I, yeah. I hope. I hope they're in there. I have no idea. What's her but, maiden name? Do we ever find out her maiden name? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Actually, is it DeAngelis? Is Carmela's maiden name DeAngelis? It's Hugh DeAngelis. Right. But like, what's her? What's Mary DeAngelis's maiden name? I I don't know. But I'm just thinking now about Carmela DeAngelis, and that just sounds so strange. Yeah. Mm, it cool. sounds a lot. It's, somehow, it sounds like more Italian. Yeah. Than. Carmela Soprano, <laughs> but maybe it's the D apostrophe. Yeah. It's late on a Friday night, if you guys can't tell. Yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> both, we both just finished work. We're <laughs> squeezing it out. Yeah. But we love it. We're having fun. Yeah. We're here for you. We are here for you. Um, so, stage five. Yeah, I mean, I've been wanting to avoid this episode for a while. It's a tough one. It's a bit of a bummer, that's yeah. for sure. I mean, um, what the fuck? Johnny Sack, we'll see you at the crossroads. Yeah, I mean, and it's like his life sort of ended, and then... It, it like really literally ended. Yeah. You know, because so he had to do his allocution mm-hmm. and he loses the respect of all his friends. And he sort of knows it, even though his, his brother in law kind of blows a little smoke up his ass mm-hmm. and says, Hey, you know, I, uh, 
I think that uh, you're, you're well respected across the board. Mm-hmm. That's what he says, which is like bullshit now, basically. I, I think Johnny Sack was at a time well respected, but um, yeah, you can't do that in the mob. You can't you can't even acknowledge that it exists. And he kind of just fucked himself. And yeah, so it's it's sad that there's no like final scene between him and Tony. But um, you know, Tony can't show face there. No, of course not. And I mean, it, we we do get. What's Ginny Sack's brother's name? Anthony Infante. Anthony Infante. Yeah. We get some good Anthony Tony scenes. Yeah. Great, great character. I'm great. sorry, John. I suck at talking like this. <laughs> uh, we do. We get some good ones there. And some uh, Sidney Pollock as well as, um, as you know, the former doctor, current triple murderer <laughs> in prison. Yeah. What the fuck? What is the deal with that? Like, I, I, honestly, it's one of the funniest lines to me when he's just like, I had to fully commit. I mean, <laughs> that kills me every time. I know it's super fucking dark and morbid. But, it's really dark. Yeah, but just great. And, uh, you know, I like that. I like that Johnny Sack gets a little respect in prison still, especially from this guy. But it also just goes to show that like the, the, the mafia sort of fetish that America has is like following these guys into their darkest places. Like this is a guy who's clearly just like, well, I know who you are. I watch the news. And right. he clearly wants to talk to John because it's fucking interesting. Like there's yeah. even that scene where he's smoking a cigarette and, you know, and he's talking about Carmine Lupitasi and like, you know, the fact that he whacks people or used to whack people right. and stuff like that. I'll smile in your face and then whack you 50 years later or something. Right. And, uh, you know, th- this it's it's really sad because Johnny loses his like, you know, his his material world life for real. And yeah. All his friends, basically. Mm-hmm. And then he loses he's losing his actual life. And it really is just like this guy's just getting cut down left and right mm-hmm. in like the the oh, the heaviest way possible. And. He still got guys following him around being like, so, uh, you know, did you know John got, it's like, it's like going back to the golf course scene totally, where those guys are asking about what's going on, you know, to like your fucking whack a guy, you know, the, the mafia fetish thing, it just, it just knows no bounds. And it's really like, I don't know if we're supposed to sympathize with John or, well, or if it's just commentary or what. I mean, I think you do like, uh, it's a great performance and he'd been around for so long and he was, he was. Maybe Tony's only true equal in the show. Uh-huh. Maybe I guess uh, you could say Livia was to a certain point. Um, but they, I always, I just love their relationship because they both kind of seem more at ease with each other than around some of the other guys. If that makes sense. Yeah, they were like kind of experience. They were contemporaries experiencing the same things at the same time. Totally. Um, I mean, yeah, I love the character Johnny Sack. It was all. It was. It was cool to have a really pragmatic uh, mob boss who also was kind of the most caring mob boss in the show him and Ginny, you know they uh never uh, fucked around on her never fucked around on her um accepted her for who she was you know what do you mean by that (laughs) as a shopaholic he's very very sweet to her he was yes yeah (laughs) um so it is sad to see him go i mean he's obviously a terrible person um but we also didn't really see, aside from the time he like pissed on a guy's face, there wasn't, we've seen Tony kill more people than Johnny Sack, and we still Have love Have we seen Tony. Johnny Sack kill someone? Um, no, personally no, but he's yeah. certainly ordered the hits on certain people. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, Johnny Sack was always one of the more magnetic characters to me. You know, you got him he's in great. small doses throughout the se- the series, and yeah. so like, but whenever he showed up, it was always great. And I mean, his acting in this in this particular episode is just really, really terrific. Yeah, for he's sure, he's awesome. Yeah, um, I believe that he was dying for real. I called nine one one. It's really, <laughs> it's really sad. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and also by the way, uh, I forget her name. The woman who plays Ginny, she's she's terrific. Also, mm-hmm. nice that she got a little swan song where yeah. she did it. She did. A hell of a hell of a good job acting that you know yeah for sure um yeah i mean this is this is it like this is the final run so the season is kind of set up where we sort of say goodbye to main characters along the way yeah um and you know i guess it made sense to kind of start with johnny sack he's not totally directed to to tony's you know lowercase family f or capital yeah. family f in the same way yeah or capital f family um and um you know also it's getting to the end and there's all this talk about legacy everyone in the show or in this specific episode at least mm-hmm. there's a lot of talk about that like, yeah and and we get a lot of that with john mm-hmm. and he's he's besmirched mm-hmm. although they still have his picture up at the bar they do yeah i find that part kind of interesting just because mm-hmm. i there's sort of a meta commentary maybe about the show they knew they were ending and kind of knew that mm. you, you know maybe maybe david chase and the writers were kind of 
thinking about that themselves you know what I'm what sh- their legacy was oh oh that's in- that's a- that's an interesting thought i mean Great, thanks i think you're probably right i was going to say they're 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 doing a, in a on a much more practical level they were doing a really good job of like making room mm-hmm. for you know the stories to unfold that they wanted to focus on you know we kind of get johnny sack out of the way and um this kind of this pushes forward the uh well, I suppose it was Johnny's elocution that really did it, but you know his situation and his demise, however you want to look at it, uh, really pushes forward the conflict in New York City mm-hmm. that never really, never really was resolved. I mean, I suppose John got his got his hands around it, mm. but then he gets arrested, right? You know, and and then you know Phil's not really so into it, but then he is. He has a bit of a change of heart. Yeah, He's sitting there looking at you know the picture of his buddy. Or of his brother and his buddies. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, they're all uh, buddies. They're all buddies. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Right. Mob buddies. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. We were old uh, mob buddies. I know <laughs> that guy. Uh, but this is this is sort of the driving force behind the central, one of the central plot points of the, the, of the final season here. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's, uh, they introduce it, I, going back to the whole like mob infatuation thing, I do love that they bring... Uh, Elliot Kupferberg back to kind of get that exposition in there, just explain to us like who Jerry the hairdo is and who Doc is and um, Oh, I know. It's, a, it's it's great. Yeah. And was, he's watching TV with his wife or whatever. He's like, he's like, I called it six months ago. Yeah, it, I, I love that. It just it cracks me up every time. And I just feel like it's a nice, like, really creative writer's room fix there. Like, how can we get all this information out there without it just being some like shitty info dump where yeah. you know, Tony's just like pointing people out. Um, and, uh, they, yeah, that cracks me up every time. And, and Elliot Kufferberg is like, he's one of those people, just like John Cusimano, who probably loves to pretend to be some tough guy, but really. Well, he, is, yeah, he does. And he's, you know, he's the catalyst to really get Melfi to, to start rethinking her relationship with Tony again Yeah, at the end. And he turns into kind of a bully in that situation. Right. You know, yeah. um, he's a very interesting character. Low key, very interesting character. <laughs> a VIC. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, just like going back to the legacy thing, like I'm trying to think Johnny Sack brings it up. Uh, Phil obviously brings it up in the very end uh, with that really cool song. And, um, and his and his idiot <laughs> grandchildren. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Tony also brings it up with uh, regards to Christopher because, you know, it's he's. I don't. I don't know how Tony watched that movie and didn't come away thinking that Danny Baldwin was was supposed to be him. It's it's funny to me that someone has to like point it out to him. <laughs> but you know, I mean, it didn't quite occur to me like when I first saw it how how what a judgment it was of Tony. You know, like clearly there are things that he he pulled from that stuff. But right. Like yeah. you know, and I'm not saying you know I'm no Einstein here, but like. You know, it is a, it is, it is pretty obvious. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> like it's, it's a murder fantasy about Tony. Well, yeah, but even like, uh, you know, the white bathrobe and stuff, it's just like yeah. all the little details. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's seeing how Christopher is, has, is going to remember him. And of course now it's, it's, as he says, like a hundred years from now, people will still be watching this thing, which I sort of doubt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but maybe who knows? It's going to be in the miscellaneous C section. Yeah. You know, um, but it's going to be one of those Netflix movies that they don't have the right art for. Yeah. And so they just like make something shitty. <laughs> Imagine being that guy on staff. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just think that's in a season that is really, I mean, last week it started with Bobby saying that you probably don't even hear when it happens. Right. Um, and then the season is really a lot about endings and death because I'm sure they just had it on the brain. For sure. You know, some of these people just aren't able to really live in the moment. They're kind of stuck in the past and or thinking about like, well, how am I going to be remembered mm-hmm. when it kind of doesn't matter? And that comes up big time in the little Carmine scene, mm-hmm. which I think is really one of the best scenes, uh, at least in the episode. Uh, maybe I don't want to say show right you, quite you mean, yet. What, you mean when, when Carmine orders uh, the seared ahi the with seared mixed greens? With, with an Arnold Palmer. <laughs> yeah, well, which he loves, but never occurs to him to order. <laughs> I mean, I, and that's a thought I'd have, I've had so many times, you know? Yeah, like, oh, when, totally. I, when I was at summer camp and you'd be filling up, or like the dining hall in college, you fill up a little iced tea, and then I'd always fill the glass all the way up, and then I'd be like, fuck, I could have put some lemonade in there. Yeah. It would have been an Arnold Palmer, They're but it never yeah. occurs to me to do that. I don't know. <laughs> 
Um, but I, I, you know, I just think that like we're, we'll be obviously be talking more and more about it, especially with next week's episode is called "Remember When." You know, it's like and how the past doesn't kind of doesn't mean shit, and no one wants to hear about it. Yeah, and also just kind of like ultimately, what is the a mob bosses or any mafioso's legacy is that their picture goes up in a small eight by eleven frame in a bar. You know, like these guys worry about so much in life, like territory and money and power and just like respect from everyone else, but right. like. Uh, it kind of doesn't matter. That box is empty, I guess, in a way. You are know? you saying what does it all mean? Is yeah, that what basically. you're asking? Yeah. I mean, multiple. it's been said a million times throughout the series by Tony, usually, where he'll just say, like, I did all of this, blah, 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 and for what? You know, which is also, I think, the thing that Livia said early on, too. Right. Um, right. But then l- multiple people say it in this episode. And... Uh, I guess I'm trying to tie it to the ending without like just coming out with my little theory about the ending. But, you know, that's kind of what how it is for everybody. You know, like uh, Johnny Sachs done all this cancer treatment and for what in the end? And, and he like, quit smoking. He ate right. Yeah. And, and he it wants didn't like matter. a fucking medal for it. You know what yeah. I mean? But it's like he's thinking of these, these guys are just like fundamentally thinking about life all wrong. You know what I mean? Right. They, they want a reward for everything. Yes. And, and that's not really how it works. No, not at all. And, uh, and yeah. So, I mean, look at this podcast. <laughs> yeah, this is the reward, <laughs> yeah. okay? You guys did this whole show, and for what? So two yeah. jokers can come in and talk about it. <laughs> Hassle us for not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us how much they don't like it, and then when we stop, oh, boy. <laughs> um, but I, I just love the little irony that it's little Carmine, who somehow has life more figured out than any of these guys. He's, like, the dumbest one, according to them, and us. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he talks like an idiot sometimes. Yeah. Um, but he somehow has it more figured out and like appreciates life in a different way he's not poisoning himself with philly cheesesteaks like i like to do trust me i mean um, we all love that yeah yeah i mean it is it it's like you're saying it's a nice quick easy reward and it's pleasurable and then you kind of move on to the next thing oh, but yeah he sort of gets the long game differently which i think is really funny and he says philly cheesesteak like he's throwing it at little carmine carmine like, yeah fuck you yeah philly cheesesteak it definitely like hurt when he heard him ordering something healthy he was like god damn it <laughs> he knows yeah. he should and the way he responds is as if he's like raising his bet in poker or something yeah. you know he's like i'm <laughs> I'm going to call. I'm going to race. You yeah. know, Philly cheese stick. I mean, he knows that he should. Uh, he mentions not being able to eat spicy food. Like, he knows he's supposed to be healthy now and, and still taking life not for granted. Uh, How the it, fuck do you order a fucking Philly cheese stick at a country club, by the way? Like, yeah, is, that, that's not on the menu. It might be, but it's maybe not going to be a good one. And also, I wouldn't. Yeah. That's not something I would want to eat on a hot summer day like that. <laughs> I mean, tell me about it. <laughs> of course. Um, but I, I, also, s- I was in Philly last weekend and had my first official Philly cheesesteak, and I got to tell you, it was pretty great. Oh man, I really want one of those right now. Let's Let, go. Let's bag it. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Thank you. Yeah, I'm hungry. <laughs> Goodbye. I mean, so back to John. I mean, yeah. his situation is really sort of petering out and he, you know it's it's sad because his his wife is also going down with him mm-hmm. she doesn't get hit quite as hard you know like but it seems like her life sort of returns to where it was before john was a part of it mm. you know because he's talking to his attorney about about Ginny's ira and how she she got it when she was working the tie counter at I want to say Wegmans, but obviously it wasn't Wegmans. The <laughs> Wawa. She yeah. worked at a Wawa. <laughs> the tie counter at the Wawa. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like she had an IRA. She was like doing stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The fact, like the fact that she, I don't have an IRA, you know, like mm-hmm. the fact that she had an IRA, that's like, she, she kind of had her shit together. It seems like as a regular person. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, like, I don't believe that Carmela ever had a job like that. Yeah, have we ever heard of her working anything? I don't think so. Well, there's Beck House. Don't, yeah, don't, which, don't forget. Well, big news. We'll talk about that in the second half. Yeah, exactly. Two potential buyers. <laughs> the spec my, my spec house. All right, now we're not going to talk about I it. I got no bars. What if someone calls? Yeah. Um, but, you know, what she's left with, from what I can glean, is like she's got a little condo, mm-hmm. um, and she's going to buy some kitchen supplies to have in it. You know yeah. what I mean? And she just like, her life is, is back to like modest Plus, and I mean, it sounds like she's at least sort of set up financially. John has something stowed away. I forget exactly what he mentions to Anthony. Yeah. I can't imagine she's happy about losing that house or the car or Salvitro. No, I or... mean, what a fuck you. Because like right before, I mean, they, you know, all the ladies go over there for this party and then next and, you know, oh, I love it. It reminds me of the villas in Italy. And the God. next thing we know, it's, it's hers and fucking, uh, uh, 
oh my god, Friday night itis. Uh, <laughs> Janice. And, yeah, and Janice is 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 like basically like skating around in it. Like, oh, what if we did this here with like god. a fucking designer? It's awful. The Sopranos are awful people. They're, yeah, parasites, all of them. Yeah, terrible. They, they go too far. They, <laughs> Sopranos. They go way too far. Also, my wife wanted me to announce that she thinks that Ada Totoro is like by far the the most underrated performer on the whole show she's pretty great yeah she's uh, incredible. yeah i can't really argue with that too much yeah um my wife I, <laughs> let's bring her on why, she, why hasn't she been on yet she's got an ira by the way <laughs> <laughs> um i totally agree with that i've seen her walking around and i've never said hi i really should though her and her my wife yeah your wife i never say hi to your wife i always see her when i'm just walking behind her um but um no Ada or Aida. Ada Totoro. Ada Totoro. Yeah. Um, you just got to spit it out. Ada Totoro. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm not even going to try. You, you <laughs> nailed it. That's fine. My grandmother's name was Ada. That's the other thing. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, she is great. And um, I agree with your wife. Yeah. Good. Okay. More than I agree with you, usually. Let's get her <laughs> yeah. in here. Fine. I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like she'd be more up for us devoting time to this thing if she was actually on it. <laughs> but... I mean, yeah, it's Johnny's story is is a, is a real fucking bummer. You it know? is, but when I think about it, at least he, you know, again, last week Tony's in Tony's mind, it's either you end up in the can or dead, and of course Johnny Sack, it, for him, it was both. <laughs> he's he's <laughs> he, dead in the can. He's dead in the can, but he has yeah. family around him. Uh, I'm just looking for some kind of silver lining there, I guess. At all least right, he, all right, fine. his daughters are there and, and love and respect him in a different way. Maybe because it is he because he treated his wife better and it's not like Tony and Carmela and uh, with uh, Tony with his several girlfriends and Carmela with the wallpaper man and the priest man. And, oh yeah. Um, I, again, I, I feel like this season is, it's a lot about death obviously. And I think it is kind of about finding the silver linings and, and, and just knowing and understanding the truth of death. And if you, if you do have someone there with you at, at, you know, at that time, like there's, there's that at least. Yeah, um, absolutely. And Johnny's been good to his family. That's the yeah. thing. He's been really good to his wife. And b- by the way, we could probably stack up, uh, you know, and compare Ginny sack talking to Johnny when he's in his deathbed and how upset she is and how nice she is to him. Yeah. Uh, with, uh, I guess it's the first episode where Carmel is like, well, the difference between you and me is you're going to hell when you die. Yeah. You know, and totally, th- this totally. is, this is the bed that Tony has made. He's basically, but like this, the stark contrast is that Johnny sack is like a monster. Like we can't, we can't get around that. Right. But he hasn't totally fucked over everyone around him. Right. And that's sort of what Tony has done. Give or take his children, but kind of not really, you know? Right. It seems like John was a responsible family man. He's got this brother-in-law who's willing to swoop in, you know? I mean, do you think that, like, if Tony was on his deathbed, Janice would be, like, taking care of his business? Fuck no. Uh, No. Yeah, she'd be making it about her in some way or something. She'd just keep the money. She wouldn't give it to Carmella. (laughs) that, yeah. Like, she has enough, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, maybe that's because it's The Sopranos, the show, and not The Sacks, the show, (laughs) (laughs) which would have been amazing, actually. Like, maybe if we saw Johnny Sack every single day, day of his life we probably also kind of feel like oh he's just as shitty as tony and he is probably but yeah yeah, i I do think that at least there's that silver lining um and he at least gets the whole family there i mean i guess if you do believe that tony dies in the final scene it's it's certainly much different more sudden and the kids aren't meadow's not there and they don't get to all say goodbye um so yeah i'm just i guess i'm just paying attention to that stuff as we go because there is like the Jerry Torciano, the Jerry the hairdo hit in this episode where still talks about not being able to hear until after it happened. At Bamonte's, by the way. I know. They I shot this that. at Bamonte's. I saw that, yeah. One of my favorite restaurants. We should go there right now. Let's call them on the show and tell them we're coming. <laughs> we have to go to my sister-in-law's fucking <laughs> birthday. <laughs> okay. Well, after then. Okay. So for for every death we see where that, that happens very suddenly, we mm-hmm. do have like Johnny Sack dying very slowly in the hospital, Junior just wasting away in, in the nursing home slash jail. Um and so I don't know I'm just paying attention to that as we go is well, all I'm and saying. a fair amount of people are dying around here I mean uh, Doc Santoro is going to get it soon Jerry, Jerry Torciano got it in this episode mm-hmm. um, who gets taken to uh, to prison from uh, it's uh, he violated his bail uh, what's Larry his name Boy? Larry Boy yes yeah Larry Boy gets taken back in he violated his uh, his housing uh, his house arrest mm-hmm. and uh so he gets pulled in. I mean, there's a lot of this happening kind of all the time yeah. in this final season here. Yeah. And 
if you blink, you might win, you might miss it, you know. Right. But luckily, we're here. Yeah. <laughs> All the while, a great wind carries me across the sky. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, Absolutely. what more can I say? Um, nothing, I guess. Oh boy. Is it time for a break? It probably is, right? Let's. Uh... Oh yes. Way past break time. Oh my god, our listeners are probably actually upset. Yeah. I don't want to talk they about cancer pee. anymore. Yeah, that's, an, <laughs> that's enough. Um, well, let's come back and talk about the Baldwin brothers, or at least Danny Baldwin, uh, who oh, puts boy. Kingsley to shame. And I agree with that. Absolutely. Within your mind and show you the colors that are No fucking ZD is brought to you by my weakness. Sometimes I think it's in my DNA. I was hoping you're gonna jump in with some Eminem right there, but uh, oh no, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm just not smart enough. I can't remember words. Like you got to remember words if you're gonna be Eminem. Yeah, <laughs> clearly that's my issue tonight. No, me neither. I'm more of a flavor flave tonight in the sure. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you make a good point, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh yeah, that's my favorite thing. My 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 stepfather-in-law. Is that what you say? I'm getting used to all these all these proper nouns. In well, you married, married him, life. right? So he's technically he's, your he's my husband. Husband, yeah. <laughs> so my stepfather-in-law is from Bensonhurst, which is the neighborhood that like Steve Sharippa's from. Right. Yeah. I think that uh, Terry Winter's from there. Also, he was saying. Yeah. Deep um, in Brooklyn. Yeah, deep Brooklyn. Some some real some <laughs> some real guineas down there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm one of them. Right. Uh, but uh, but my my stepfather-in-law when he's like really wowed at something. Like, you'll be explaining, like, and then, you know, like, it was crazy and blah, blah, blah. The Three Stooges and Terry Winter came out. And then we got recognized to be like, wow. <laughs> this will give you a prolonged wow. That's great. I, I, at your wedding, I was like, I love your accent. And he was like, what accent? Yeah. <laughs> just, you can't understand anything he says. It's hilarious. We'll get him on the show. He should be our announcer. Like, just, you know, like the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> SNL or uh, or like Dickie Barrett is for Jimmy Kimmel now <laughs> or like the the Mexican guy on uh, Jimmy Kimmel yeah I don't watch Jimmy Kimmel enough to say I'm is not sure that dude that they bring in sometimes yeah I think he's a I, crew member actually he's something I, yeah I know that he's on the show I've seen the show a couple times I'm aware of who Jimmy Kimmel is okie dokie um, I'm more of a, a Colbert guy I guess I Although, guess so Actually, I mean, Letterman's the goat, if you will, but I, I love Conan as well. <laughs> if I had one criticism of Bill Simmons, other than his like Sopranos knowledge and trying to plant that flag, because mm-hmm. by the way, back off. Yeah. Uh, the uh, or just come on our show. Yeah, or we'll I, be on yours. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah, it's like I like any kind of podcast that turns shit green. You know, <laughs> but uh, but he does say goat a lot. He does, especially when talking about. The Patriots. Well, the one and only. I know, but yeah. it's a bit of a, it's one of those terms that's going to go out of style so quickly. Yes, maybe, but... Um, you want your podcast to stand the test of time. Right, like this one. Like this one. hundred years from now, people still be listening to this thing, hopefully. Well, yeah, exactly. When the aliens find our civilization. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I think that, yeah, like, when you see the beginning of the Ken Burns series on... Uh, on baseball, mm-hmm. there's a guy who very eloquently says, "Like if it, you know, if if millions of years from now the aliens discover our civilization, they will find two things: jazz and baseball." <laughs> and I would add to that, no fucking no easy. Agreed. I mean, it's an American institution at this point, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Especially now that it's coming to an end. They were trying to do the Smithsonian thing, but unfortunately, they were shut down this week, and we couldn't reschedule. So, right? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> that's that uh, joke that, won't stand the test of time no i guess it won't yeah let's try and say evergreen um sorry <laughs> no sorry so cleaver cleaver looks like a decent horror movie actually i gotta say i mean for it, what it is it's not bad i mean l- l- you know fortunately they had like the entire crew from the sopranos like making this I thing know, yeah that w- so they did a pretty good job yeah. incidentally <laughs> i love I-, I wish they just went for it and did like a, a half hour short at least or something you yeah know? Because they probably would have done a fairly decent job. Although maybe it would have been too serious. Who knows? 
Um, but I, uh, I love the opening scene there and just watching, first of all, the opening scene is hilarious. And then, uh, coming into the editing room, which is basically where my life exists. I spend yeah. 12 to 14 hours a day in a dark room with people just kind of yelling ideas at me. And then I come here that's and Evan similar, yells at that's me. That's very similar to my job, except yeah. it's like, Hey, engineer, what's the best Thai food? <laughs> <laughs> so that's mostly the thing. Yeah. There are ab- people in the room there who really know how to make a film. Like right. Chrissy is kind of, is, he's cutting the mustard. It seems like, you know, he's yeah. like extra two days shooting at a minimum. Like all, that sounds like Hollywood talk. He's getting it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I'm it, surprised it was only two days. They're talking about like adding a whole death. I mean, I guess actually you can do that in two days, but, uh, I, I mean, it depends, yeah. I guess Yeah. on how good the sex and the death is. Right. True. But, and then there's the director who like seems okay. Yeah. And, but then like the other guys, it's just like, uh, it reminds me of the first meeting that they have about it. We're like, he's a ghost though. You know, like <laughs> totally. <laughs> it's just so dumb, <laughs> yeah, but it's, 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 I mean, they did it though. You gotta, you gotta hand it to him. Yeah. Uh, after all this time, uh, all he had to do was just have his fiance killed and suck him to the boss of a mob organization, but still he got a bingo, mo- bingo. Yeah. Got a movie done. Um, and, uh, the, the premiere, I think, is obviously just one of the funnier, probably the funniest scene in this episode. Absolutely. Um, it's just <laughs> Paulie answering the phone. Um, His ridiculous fucking ringtone. Yeah. But, which but, is a Simon and Garfunkel tune, by the way. Cecilia. Yeah. But it's yeah. like a reggaeton version. I went to college with a girl who claims that song is about her grandmother. Well. But, so, little thing. If you believe that, I got a bridge to sell you. Well, I'll buy it. <laughs> Thank <laughs> so, you very much. He's got the, but it's like just so, so he's so well written. He's like, what? The Guatemalan? <laughs> it's like, you know that he's talking about shady shit. Oh, totally. He's in a fucking movie theater. And we also, re, you know, we realize that he does this at every movie he's at. He Absolutely. just doesn't give a shit. Yeah. No. It doesn't matter where he is. Yeah. They, they nailed that's very true to character. Who? The Guatemalan? <laughs> like, it's just fucking ridiculous. <laughs> but watching all these people interact, like the mob and the, you know, Soho elite, if you will, I guess, interacting. Me packing, right? That's true. Yeah. Um, which, is a chic little neighborhood these days oh yeah they got a standard hotel down there which looks we're very close to it actually we should we should walk over there instead of going to your sister-in-law's birthday party no, i'm just kidding <laughs> hey. um but uh watching them all interact is really funny to me it's 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 weird and funny to me that christopher has no problem getting up on a stage you know like and calling out tony soprano in front of all these people well i mean it's mostly friendlies in the in the room I guess, yeah so i suppose that's okay and he's he's really got to get in there with his He's got to get up on his hind legs because he's, you know, he's spent a whole bunch of people's money and stuff like that. And right. this is his dream. Um, Carmine's the best, though. I mean, yeah, it, it's just fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it's, totally. It's impossible to even remember what he says. It's so twisted up. Well, the sacred and the propane, for sure. I love the sacred is, and the propane. Yeah, one of the better. Uh, and I also I like the shot that they show actually in the uh, in the you know the first scene of the episode, but last scene in the movie, I guess. Yeah. Um, but again, it is directed by Sopranos directors. So. Yeah, they knew what they were doing. Um, but uh, yeah, he just cracks me up. And then well, in his speech, where he's like, and 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 by that, I mean that the movie has many fathers or something like that. Like yeah. whatever he's saying, isn't that what he's, it's something like that. It's impossible yeah. to remember. Yeah. It's so, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I'm always bad at remembering dialogue. And, and I was always the one we'd walk out of old school or something and people could quote it right away. And I'm just so bad at that. It's Cause you were stoned. Well, maybe Well, <laughs> at that age. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Um, and then they, they pull the mic away for the director, which yes. is just a nice little touch. There's all kinds of little, yeah, Hollywood insights there and or uh, the digs at Hollywood, I guess. Holly weird, am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's, uh, the, yeah, that was definitely a commentary from uh, from the writers straight to everyone in the community. For sure. Yeah. They're getting back at all the people who have rejected them, I guess, and then making fun of some other douchebags. Yeah. <laughs> which there are plenty in Holly weird. Um, yes. These Holly weird elites. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, like Larry boy getting pulled out of there by, uh, the U S marshals. I mean, I imagine just being at that thing in Soho at, at a you know, rooftop bar and that's going on. It yeah. Makes me laugh. I don't know. It's crazy. Um, I love that they get Danny Baldwin. The rumor is that Alec Baldwin tried for years to get on the show and David Chase kept saying no because he was just too famous. Right. And totally. then they hired Danny Baldwin instead. <laughs> can't, he, he, Alec Baldwin could not be on the show without it being a cameo. Yeah. It would have been, yeah, right. He would have to play himself. Mm-hmm. It would have been very strange to have him on there. Although they have the guy playing Shooter, Shooter McGavin from um, fucking Happy Gilmore in there as uh, Christopher's new sponsor, I guess. But or... is he supposed to be the guy who played Shooter McGavin? No, I don't think so. 
No, I never thought of that, actually. Is he supposed to play himself? I sort of like vaguely assumed that like this guy's living in Jersey now and maybe he had a little issue. And so he's that's entirely possible. He's in the program, you know, it's canon now from here on out. It is canon that (laughs) that is Shooter McGavin. The well, no, I guess the actor who plays him playing (laughs) himself. We don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But anyway, so Christopher obviously has a lot of stuff to work out. Um, He is clearly not over the Adriana thing. I don't know how anyone could be really. And uh, as much as he's putting on the face of being the family man with Kelly and Caitlin, the little one, um, you know, it's uh, like most things in the show. It's it's built on just a little tiny lie. Yeah. You mean by that, you mean a really big lie? Yeah. I guess when I say tiny, I mean gigantic. Yeah. 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 Huge. It's very big. Yeah. Humongous. Huge even, as they say in Jersey. Huge. Yeah. Um, he, you know, could probably, uh, uh, an appointment with Melfi would do him pretty well, I think. Or a couple. Or a couple. What about cowboy therapists? Like, do you think you could see the cowboy therapist? Which, from, uh, season two season with the, four, I the, say. the bolo tie? He's like, listen, <laughs> I'm Mr. Spears. <laughs> I've, I've seen Analyze This. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that's a better fit for him. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it, it's, I, we talked about it last season, I think, that, um, we kind of have already gotten to the end of Christopher's story in a way. Mm-hmm. I think I even called it that we were at the end of the third act, but I'm, I was wrong about that. This is more like, this is the third act now. Like, this is just the fallout of everything that's happened. Right. Uh, Tony in therapy is crying about how Christopher is going to remember him somehow just deluding himself into forgetting about the Adriana thing, I guess. But there was really yeah. just, there was never going to ever be any coming back from that, you know? Yeah. And here we are, basically. Well, he doesn't really count the Adriana thing against himself because it's the rules. Right. She broke the rules. That's her problem. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, Even though, you know, I would say in Kaisha, um, when he's with Juliana, he kind of really comes to the conclusion that the rules don't matter. I think he really and truly realized that. Um, oh, it, I'm talking about. Are you talking about Tony? Oh no, I was talking about Chris. You're I was about talking t- about Tony not counting the uh, the right. uh, Adriana yeah. stuff against himself. Yeah, true. I mean, I think that Chrissy, like, yeah, I think Chrissy's upset. Yes, that right. towards Tony. <laughs> right. Yeah, I guess you're right. The Tony probably. I mean, I think he felt some guilt because he did like Adriana, but yeah, I think at this point you're right. It's, yeah. it's more like, um. It's something that probably comes up in dreams, just like Big Pussy does, basically. There's yeah. some guilt about it. I think, does he even, does he mention it in that, there's that really quick dream sequence where he's talking to Melfi and he says, like, I killed my best friend. Does he mention killing Adriana? He might. I forget. Um, no. He says, I mur- I've murdered friends before, even family, my cousin, yeah, my yeah, nephew, yeah. my best friend. Right. I don't think he mentions Adriana because he didn't physically kill her. Yeah. But he physically killed All the, the other, other people. people. Right. Yeah. Yeah, um, so that was really as much as they kind of tried to, you know, save face or, or uh, put on airs or whatever last season. There was there was really, this is always the way it was going, is that they were going to be just further and further apart, you know, emotionally at least. Yeah. And, uh, and Christopher was never going to get over that. And now the whole world kind of sees it. Um, obviously, not everyone's going to get what's going on, but like Rosalie gets it at least and Carmela gets it. Right. Um, and especially with the... You know, the whole idea of Tony and Adriana clearly hasn't gone away in people's minds. That comes back, comes up again in a pretty big way. No, no, not at all. I mean, it's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so this is like, again, this, I guess the movie was kind of therapy for him. He's not on drugs currently. Um, and he just had a lot of stuff to get out, really. And boy, did he on in a really big way. Yeah. And again, I mean, uh, this is one of the, one of the only Christopher episodes I can remember, even though it isn't really a Christopher episode, but we don't get a lot of AJ in here, but it is still kind of about how Tony at least tried to be a father figure for Christopher. And Mm -hmm. ultimately that's not working out at all. And I mean, it doesn't work out really Uh, in the the end. The the opposite of works out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It turns out pretty bad for Christopher. Yeah. I mean, we do get a little AJ. He's having issues with, uh, with Blanca. Yeah. But that's kind of it. Yeah. I mean, he's still kind of a dumbass. Uh, and, uh, and you know, hasn't really figured out how to be a a gentleman, if you will. He offered her popcorn, but she's starving. Um, and I love how Carmela offers to go make Tony a plate. I know. But doesn't even acknowledge that she's really hungry. I know. Yeah. But maybe they're trying to like, you know, push him out of the nest a little bit, you know, set the example, but not do it for him anymore. I think the look on Carmela's face indicates that she has no idea what the fuck is going maybe on. Maybe not. Yeah. She's just having a good time. She wants to hang with celebs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
mean, it's 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 interesting. Actually, I I misstated something earlier. Carmela doesn't come to the conclusion herself that no. that this uh, you know there's a bit of a simile happening here. Um, Which is also well, she yeah. Or right. I, I guess it would be allegory in this case. Yeah, or, or something. Or metaphor. High school was so long ago. Yeah. Uh, you know, she picks up on Tony's anger and throwing stuff around in the basement, and but then Rosalie is really the one who's you know points out the Adriana thing. Yeah, I think right. Yeah, even though I love that Christopher is like, no, it's cool. She's Asian in the movie. <laughs> like that's enough of a change that <laughs> it's totally fine. I know he's such a dumbass too. Yeah, it's great. But yeah, I mean, it's Rosalie still finds a way to stay in the mix, and I love it. Yeah, um, and then of course we get JT Dolan. Do I have that right? JT Dolan. Yes. Yeah, love me some JT. Me too. Yeah, uh, and it, knowing what happens, these the scene where Christopher shows up is obviously eerily similar to what's going to happen in just a few short episodes where he actually kills the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, once again, hit in the head. This time he survives, thankfully. But Chris the Humanitas Award. Yeah, the Humanitas. And that is actually mentioned in the Wikipedia article. Oh, really? I, yeah, I, I referenced the Wikipedia article for something, and it's like it, it says like for which Chris hits him in the head, the head with a Humanitas Award. That's incredible. <laughs> That's great. Uh, just another dig, I think, from the writers of just like the intelligentsia in general. Even yeah. though I mean I, they got all kinds of awards for the show. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean Christopher, I guess at least realizes that he's his life is in danger if it if this gets out of hand again mm-hmm. um forces jt dolan to go and basically make up this whole idea that he's the one who thought of it uh jt is not really good at that he's not selling it no not whatsoever none of it's believable tony sees right through it whether he wants to believe it or not i don't know he tries to believe it he immediately rents the movie yeah and then and it is very similar i, I gotta check that movie out now because i'm assuming that must have been some influence on uh on, on chase or some of the other writers yeah but he's no blowhard. Yeah, <laughs> but he knows that it's just really not true, and I think that's obviously very hurtful. Yeah, uh, that this is something that's not really left in ambiguity. It immediately goes from the scene at the bar, him watching the movie, or maybe I don't know if they go straight between those, but it's definitely from. I think it is. Yeah, yeah, and then it's from him watching the movie straight, straight to, the, to his therapy. therapy session, where he's like, "This is how he sees me. This is my legacy." Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it doesn't really work. And, um, and again, I mean, it's, um, you know, just Tony, I think kind of realizing that maybe he's, I I wonder if he realizes that he's kind of let Christopher down as a father figure, or if he's just totally delusional enough to just be like, no, I did the right thing. I had to get rid of Adriana. I don't think he's able to see it. Mm, Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. It upsets him, of course, but Tony is someone who can like turn things around and, uh, yeah, if it, he hates he, you for it. He, exactly, yeah. Um, which is kind of like, I guess we should talk about, because this will have to do with Chris in a way too, but uh, Agent Harris showing up in the morning with, <laughs> yeah. to talk about terrorism. Uh, and, you know, after that, Tony's flipping out and saying that the, uh, not Svetlana, but the uh, his Polish maid has to go down and, and get, pick up the paper from now on. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm just I was just kind of struck by it. I I obviously remember those scenes, but of course they're really setting you up for the end here with uh, Agent Harris coming back again and asking for more just to help basically. There's we're getting little bits of just the the out for Tony there, I guess at the end, you know. Right. Um and again, it goes back to this whole, you know, we have to remember this was shot in 2006. 9/11 was still pretty fresh. Terrorism is still pretty fresh. Not that it's not now. Well, terrorism definitely took some of the heat off of the mobsters. For sure, yeah. As far as like, investigations. That general feeling of just like, there might be like another attack at any moment, you yeah. know? Oh, totally. Um, which I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm being maybe too wishy-washy dancing around it, but I also feel like sort of ties into the last scene. Just this idea of you never know when it's going to happen or sure. anything like that. Sure. And the uh, piano over the head you know that whole deal yeah a lot of pianos a lot of pianos in the show yeah Yeah. it's crazy that in every scene somebody's playing a piano (laughs) (laughs) yeah great detail though yeah well uh (laughs) conversation between chrissy and adriana or and whoa chrissy and carmela is pretty interesting yeah she really lets him have it yes which winds up being a very i mean that winds up being the catalyst but that's a really interesting scene between them because she really she was just as outraged as anyone else over the whole Adriana thing. Uh, like the the blowjob in the car. The supposed blowjob in the car. Yeah. 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 
and now you know she's she's just gung ho about she's gunning for Chris in this scene. And yeah. It's just amazing how how hard she is willing to like really stick by him. You know. Well, now I mean it, it like affects her reputation and legacy, I guess, in a way. You oh, know, good point. Yeah, she was totally fine forgetting about Adriana when she got her spec house. Which they and now they remind you in this episode that she finally has two buyers, right? Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, she had all but forgotten the, the Adriana thing, but now that it's back in the public, she feels the need to confront Chris. Yes, uh, I remember the scene being part of the the trailer for this season, and just being, and it looked like Christopher was like threatening Carmela, and then that being a whole like hoopla on the, you know the. I forget what the message boards were called, but of course I was a message board kid. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, you know, then ultimately in the show, it's basically nothing, but, um, just throwing it out there. Oh, little, totally. Little time capsule moment for you guys out there. who were too young in 2006 or seven. to <laughs> Remember any of this fucking internet? Oh uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, she, uh, there's a little bit more of a rift there, I guess now for sure between them. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And there's a rift. I mean, there's kind of a rift going between everyone and it's palpable. Yeah. It's just all out in the open now. And I guess that's, you know, driving toward that final scene. Mm-hmm. I like how Phil kind of has his Greek chorus moment mm. where he's basically what he's saying is he's only talking about himself, but what he's saying is emblematic of what's going on with everyone where mm-hmm. they're like basically no more Mr. Nice guy. Yeah. And like, I've, you know, I just gotta, I just gotta go for it and, and, and shoot straight and do what's on my mind. And, uh, I don't know, like, you know, just like enforce my, uh, my position. Yeah. Which again, I feel like, I mean, he had a health scare at the end of last season and, uh, he's, he's also just walking away with all the wrong lessons, basically, you know, instead of just, I think someone even says in this episode, it might be Carmine in that scene. Just uh, someone says something like savor the good times, which of course, or savor what I I forget exactly what it is, but Mm -hmm. of course, Tony's going to say that, uh, in the finale again. Right. Uh, but they all keep missing this lesson basically, Completely. you know, that, uh, that what they're doing is really not good for them. And worrying about that kind of stuff is just very stupid. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but there is, uh, I mean, I guess he has to be thinking about a little bit. I mean, there is a, a small turf war or at least people gunning for the boss position down in New York. Definitely. We should talk about the, the hairdo scene. It hairdo is seems pretty incredible. I mean, it's pretty, uh, I mean, it's, there's not a lot to unpack there, you know, it's like, I'm not saying we shouldn't talk about it, but I mean, it's kind of all out there in a pretty simple kind of way Yeah, where, uh, you know, uh, I mean, obviously Tony's mad because Syl was used as like some sort of decoy and it shows what a, it shows that Doc Santoro doesn't have a whole lot of tact, you know, in terms of like the way he conducts business and he kind of, you know, he's kind of always eaten off of other people's plates, which he will actually do Mm -hmm. uh, physically. Um, but, it's it's a really really interesting scene. It's the very it's the sort of rare like bending time and reality yeah. thing in Sopranos. Totally. Um, like everyone talks about the final scene, wondering if something was wrong with their cable. Uh, but this, I remember watching this and really thinking something was wrong because Silvio's talking, and then it's just uh, you know, it's it's really out of nowhere for yeah. sure. And he's talking about some bullshit. Yeah. Uh, I like there's like a train kind of sound effects there going mm-hmm. on in the background, which I think I didn't come up with this idea on my own. I, I've seen in maybe other reviews or something that is maybe a nod to the Godfather and the first, uh, like the, the famous leave the gun, take the cannoli scene. Mm-hmm. I think th- I believe there are, there's, there are train sound effects going on in the background there. Uh-huh. And then as it slows down in this episode, we get that same kind of deal. Um, and yeah, I mean, it is super surprising. I guess uh, I'm, I, it's no secret that I don't necessarily feel like like Tony definitely dies in the last scene. I, yeah. I do feel like it's about death without anyone necessarily dying in it. But I think that if you are someone who believes that, yes, everything is leading up to Tony getting shot in uh, the diner, like this is uh, another piece of evidence that's maybe kind of strong, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Especially after when still reiterates basically what, Bobby said last week that he didn't even hear it till after it happened. Right. But, um, yeah, you yep. know, again, I, I, I don't know. Well, maybe, maybe my mind will have been changed by the time we're done with this. I, I don't know. We will see. Yeah. But I, I feel like in it again, in this episode, we have one guy dying like that and then an, another guy dying very slowly in prison. 
Uh, either way, it's going to happen. And you don't even see it. And you, yeah, I guess, you, yeah, if you don't see it necessarily happening, but it's more about like kind of what you're doing in between, I think is the point. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a hard just season to talk about without just, I don't want to blow our load too early. <laughs> well, common issue, but yeah. um, no, I think that you're, I think you're doing it justice because like it's, it's impossible not to talk about that because all of these things are part of a larger theme. Right. You know, but I think that your point is that the theme is larger than just like, does he die or does he not die? Yeah. You know, it's not necessarily all evidence about that. It's kind of all just about that. uh, These guys are also plagued with, with death and with just bad outcomes sort of no matter what. Yeah, totally. And, they can't see it coming partially because they, 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 they just, uh, dissociate so much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. To the point where it's like too late, even if they wanted to really try, I right. guess, you know, right. Um, Carmine, little Carmine is still able to get out, but would, could Tony really and truly drive up to New Hampshire and start a new life? I'm really not sure. You yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I guess so when we get there, uh, whenever we get there, uh, we'll, I'll, I'll feel like I can talk about it more, but you know, I don't know. Um, but still, you know, there is like, I totally understand if, if someone uses like that, the, the hairdo scene and, and last week to kind of like build something, but we'll have to just talk about it as we go, I guess. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I mean, there's nothing else to do. <laughs> um, I think that about covers the episode, right? I, I think mean, so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the ending is truly spectacular. Yes, the music ramping up. Just it's a it's a piece of music that's just like full on nonstop tension. Yes. And this is basically we're getting into the home stretch here. It's so exhilarating to watch this ending because you can just feel the tension is being ramped up, yeah, or ratcheted up, whatever. And and you're also kind of things are picking up a little bit. You can kind yes. of feel things moving. At, at, a, at a heavier pace yeah and they do which is a really exciting thing about this final season i i i agree i think that like if last week i i remember when it aired people were all kinds of annoyed that it had been gone for you know nine to twelve months or seven days or whatever and then <laughs> it came back and it was this slow cabin in the woods story and people were all upset yeah and then i think uh this week felt maybe to a lot of people like a return to form in a way i mean i love soprano movies but yeah and a lot happens in that episode totally yeah but this is much more season like three ish i want to say you know with like a ton of stuff going on it's got a i mean yeah it smacks some of its max of don draper itis a little bit where you're like where the fuck is he going it's gonna end you know what i mean like why is he driving to wisconsin (laughs) like that's what i want to know about tony (laughs) why did he drive to wisconsin to find that woman we'll never know Uh, loved ambiguity yeah but like i mean i i I do like how i I love mad men and i love the final season it is frustrating and mm-hmm. i think it's supposed to be the sopranos there they they did a really great job of giving you a lot of like philosophical issues to deal with clearly mm-hmm. and um while at the same time kind of having a lot of action happening yeah you know totally yeah i mean there's there's really no time to you know to I mean, I guess they have some meandering episodes a little bit, but basically sure. a show when it starts, it expands a ton and then towards the end just has to contract a bunch, you know, and oh yeah, um, like Game of Thrones is going through that now, but I feel like it's, I, I don't know, they're not doing it as well. Like the, the Sopranos is just like, they, yeah. they kind of nail it. I really feel yeah. like you could, except for chasing it, which I think is like generally considered not the best episode of the season and yeah fans at least feel like that's in the bottom of the episodes like total um but you could basically take the other eight episodes and then maybe like tack on i don't know like long-term parking and Mm -hmm. uh i don't know name any other pine barons let's say whoever did this yeah or or, yeah uh and and that could honestly be like a top 10 episode list really for me i think these are all really great yeah really it it gets increasingly bleak and uh it'll get worse and worse actually as as the weeks go on but it gives us a lot of new insight though which i think is the they kind of hide it they like they they don't lose the lesson you know yeah yeah they they spoon feed it to you and kind of cover it up a little which yeah. is nice and it was never such i mean it is there's a lot of plot but it's not i wouldn't consider it like a uh plot first show right uh which is another problem that i have with a lot of people thinking the ending is like a hitman coming in because it just plot wise is so out of nowhere but mm-hmm. um so they were able to kind of like you know they didn't need to knock out too much stuff this this 
like in the second half of the season at least you know like totally there wasn't so much set up last season that like really needed payoffs like they kind of concluded things with Kaisha and mm-hmm. this feels like a new season in a way and uh and we're gonna treat it like that absolutely <laughs> I love it I love it um well I have questions from like months ago but we don't have to do them oh then you could mm. There's nothing great, honestly. All right, let's yeah. leave it. Um, all right, so we'll be back, honestly, at some point. We're hoping for next weekend. Um, yeah, I'm down with next weekend. Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll get to questions. I know that we've 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 missed those the last couple of weeks, but uh, we'll tweet something out and then let you guys uh, send in the, your best questions, please. No bad ones. Uh, no <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding. Send in anything. We're gonna, we're doing extreme vetting on the <laughs> questions. <laughs> uh, but that about does it for stage five. Johnny Sack. We'll see you at the crossroads. Uh, Jerry the hairdo. Maybe we'll see you there. I don't know. I don't think he was a lo- around long enough. No, definitely yeah, not. You know, but uh, maybe. We'll see. If I had known, I would have never. That's the <laughs> best line. All right. So that does it for NFC this week. Do all the things I usually say with the internets and the social medias and the iTunes and whatnot. We're really petering out over here, are we? <laughs> it's very late on a Friday night. So <laughs> be thankful. Uh, that's, yeah. You thank us from now on. I'm not going to say thank you at the end of the episode. So yeah. I want to tweet from everyone saying thank you very much. Yeah. Eat shit, pal. Yeah. Uh, all right. Until next time, whenever that may be. This is no fucking scene. <laughs> it's not so bad. It's not so bad.